Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place. All right. I used this application before and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Those of you who know me know I love some chocolate peanut butter. Mm, That's my most favorite thing. You know, Carlos Creek, he made a chocolate uh, peanut butter thrush leche cake for me. Can you believe that foolishness? That's how much that man loves me. But I want to talk to you guys about something that we absolutely love as well. It is Worthy Cakes. Worthy Cakes is a a, uh, mom and pop small business uh, cakeria who, oh my God, she makes some of the best cakes in the world. You guys have heard me talk about it. I'm pretty sure you've seen the pictures of the empty jars that we had. Um, They are a sponsor of the podcast, uh, Reg's Expressions, which I'm excited to announce as well. And it's just the best way to eat cake. Um, You can actually get any flavor cake that you're looking for. She has everything from gluten-free, Keaton, and if you're looking for the regular old sugar like I am, which I probably shouldn't be, you can get that too. You know, she does custom cakes as well. And she also has a supply business. So if you ever need to go and purchase a new mixer for your business, you can actually purchase that as well. Um, She is Worthy Cakes on all social media platforms. Miss Grace and family, they are amazing people. I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with uh, Miss um, Grace on Saturday and it was fun. It went well. And she is just a ball of excitement so we are going to be sitting down with her as well spotlighting them in small business here in the city of okoe and they're just good people um you know they used to be called nice people eat cake y'all remember when that cake by the ocean song came out that was when i became aware of them and uh it made it easy for me to remember and then they changed their name like dang it but worthy cakes is all the rave and it is definitely uh, true to form because those cakes are the best. My favorite is chocolate peanut butter. Carlos favorite is pistachio. Um, you got birthday cake, you got chocolate, you have everything you can think of. And she also does custom flavors as well. All right. So if you guys are in the local Orlando area, you want to go to her, um, her storefront, you can, 
I'll have to get that here in a second, but you can also go to worthycakes.com. Again, that is worthycakes.com, all right? The address is 13391 West Colonial Drive, and that is in Winter Garden, Florida, all right? Their business hours are from 10 to 6, Tuesday through uh, Friday, 10 to 6.30, that is, okay? And Saturday, 10 to 5, and they're closed Sunday and Monday. And they're out at the local um, farmer's market. If so if you ever want to go to Winter Park on Saturday or Orlando, uh, Lake Eola, you can do that as well. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, what's up, guys? It is Reggie, uh, and it's time for another episode of Reggie's Expressions. I'm so excited to have our first interview of the season. Um, by now, you guys have listened to all of the episodes from you know uh, episode, uh, season four and on. I appreciate that. Um, there's going to be a pop quiz and a test later on, so uh, make sure you know and remember everything I said in each and every one of them, because if you don't get all of the answers right, you fail. Um, but no, I have uh, Mr. Marco De Prince here, and uh, he's uh, the I like to call the new generation of the um, uh, that's a part of the the community and doing good things out there. He has a podcast. He's an actor. He is a um, professional mixologist, which I'm going to ask him about later on, and uh, just all around, uh, you know, a good guy. Um, model and everything you could possibly think of. He's a jack of all trades. So um, just to let you guys know, um, like I said, we are back for season five. Um, very excited about it. Um, and we've had a good entrance entrance into the year so far. And uh, we serious about this thing in 2021 or 2020. Man, 20, look at me. And Wait, I told I, I don't want to go backwards. <laughs> no, exactly. And we're going to call it 2022. Because if we say 2022, it sounds like 2020 also. So, you know, I don't, I, we're going to say 2022 because that's the actual number of it all. And uh, full disclosure, Mr. Uh, DePrince reached out to me. Um, he uh, saw that I had a request for interviewing people. And, uh, you know, he also is a podcaster too. So, um, I actually posted that like six months ago, but you know, would they say, uh, you know, things that are supposed to happen always happen on time. So it don't matter how long it took, he, it got to him and uh, herein lies us interviewing him. So I want to give you guys a little bit of a uh, background on Mr. Uh, DePrince, as I told you, model, mixolog mixologist, uh, actor. Um, he's a social media influencer um, and he hosts uh, Hear Me Out uh, on all um, social media platforms. Uh, um, so you can go and listen to him. He, I think he, it's on Anchor, right? It's on uh, all streaming services. Yeah, Anchor, okay. Spotify. Gotcha. Wherever you find a podcast, you can hear me. And he says that he's also a mental health advocate, and I, I think I am too. I think um, I like to say I advocate for mental health, especially in the Black uh, community. We typically. It's not a conversation that we dig into too often. So um, I like the fact that you are a mental health advocate and I would love to, you know, get your thoughts on, you know, that a little bit here. So 
Um, I always start out my uh, podcast with just asking one of the simplest questions. And um, I think it's one of the simplest questions to create a conversation. Um, and that is, how are you, Mr. DePrince? You know, I am doing fantastic. Um, not even lying. I'm really good. 20... 2022 <laughs> <laughs> has been really good to me. Um, okay. Yeah, a, a lot of offers on the tables, a lot of opportunities. Um, I went to my first therapy session today. Nice. Um, and, you know, he's going to throw something at me that I didn't know I needed, which is very mm -hmm. great. And it's and it's values. And we'll get into it until when we talk, start talking about mental health. But yeah. Yeah. I, the first 12 days of January has been great. Man. I'm so that's awesome. Everything that's else good. has to bring. Yeah, that's uh, and I can say the same too. I uh um if you guys have listened to the other episodes, which I'm sure you have, you already know that I was able to, you know, secure um some sponsors by local uh, uh businesses that we have, uh, one of them being Worthy Cakes. Um, which has the best, it's the best way to eat cake. She puts them in a mason jar, and I don't know if that mason jar has some, like, extra stuff in there, but it's super good. But she has all flavors and types. It's worthycakes.com. And then we also welcomed in another uh, sponsor, Taqueria El Alacran, so Mexican restaurant. It's authentic Mexican. It's, it's, it's one of those off-the-beaten-path places, like, not places, but spots of Okoe. Like, if you ain't looking, you ain't going to find it kind of thing, right? But it's one of those places that you would get the best Mexican food ever. Um, and uh, they are now sponsors for 2022. So I appreciate them. And if you're in the local Orlando area, go and check out uh, Taqueria El Alacran. And um, you can actually go on worthycakes.com and actually buy their cake. So I'm very excited about that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I would have to agree. 2022. 2022 has has been great so far. Started my business and launched all that other stuff, and I'm just excited to see what the rest of 2022 is gonna get. So, um, we're gonna go ahead and get this interview started. Um, oh, we were talking a little bit about how you are. You were talking about therapy. What else going on, man? What else? Um, I have my website. By the time like this episode comes out, my website should be launched. Okay. I like. When, shameless plug, but shout out to Danny. Like when I first came to her, I had a blank canvas when it came mm -hmm. to my website because I felt like being on so like being on so many social media sites, mm -hmm. you get to see so many different personalities. So in my head, I was like, why not bring all those to one? Like why not have your own domain? Everybody okay. else do. Like that's make true. it easier for the people that's looking for you. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what I wanted to look like or navigate or anything, but I was looking at it before I jumped on and mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I was amazed by like all the work that I have done and mm -hmm. the work that I'm going to do and the creativity behind it. Like I say that because it's, it's not too many times where I sit down and I'm just like, congratulations, Marco, like you've been doing mm -hmm. it like, but that was the time, like 30 minutes. I was just like, I'm I'm really on to something. And I'm thinking so That's I, good. I'm in a really good high energy. That's good. And and you know, I, I like what you said about that because you know, the one thing you hear all the time is the fact that we are our own worst critic, right? So 
the fact that you took the time to celebrate, you know, something that is near and dear to you is good. You know, you should celebrate the small victories, the the little joys in your life, because that's what's going to bring you long term happiness. Um, not saying that what you did was little, but, you know, um, anytime you can celebrate yourself, I think it's, it's exciting. So shout out to you on that. And I'll make sure that I get that uh, website from you so I can put it in the show notes um, after it's all said and done. So, um yes, so when I went to your social media page, because, you know, obviously I researched you a little bit, um, it said professional mixologist. I mean, I've heard that before, but tell me what that is. Tell, tell us what that is. And in my terminology, professional, professional mixologist is bringing the vibes and making good drinks. Two things okay. that I do. Um, like right now, I'm drinking a caramel apple um, drink that I, crown apple with a Smirnoff um, green apple mixed in, mm -hmm. I put a little bit of caramel um, liqueur in it and called it a caramel apple. That sounds really tasty. I hadn't eaten it, but that sounds <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, I'm gonna have to, you know, yeah. I, and I actually don't drink, but that sounds like something I would gulp down. <laughs> so how did you get into, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to ask you, how did you get into, um, uh, so I'm assuming it's bartending. Would it be safe to say yes. bartending? Okay. How'd you get into that? So I've honestly, during the pandemic, I've always wanted to bartend like years ago, but I just never had time and I just never, you know, took the time. But during the mm -hmm. pandemic, I was like, why not go to bartending? You quit your job. Like you were, you worried about like being creative and things like this is another way to be creative. You bring right. people together with your drink. So, mm -hmm. you know, went there, did my research and got it, got my, um, got my license in about two weeks, passed the test and been hosting and bartending events ever since. So you have to get a license for bartending. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you don't necessarily I've been making drinks for a while, but like, right, right. by law, like if you want to host events and things and like for other businesses, you will have to show some type of um, license or a certification. Certificate yeah, certification. Right. I gotcha. So. I mean, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I mean, you a lot of times people don't take you serious if you don't have some type of certification. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you really have to have a little bit of education uh, behind being a bartender. So, um, you know, not to minimize anything that you do, because I, I love the professional mixologist. I just like that spin on words. That's just that just sounds fun. Like you just go and just you have a bottle in your hand and you're like the party follows you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mix it up. Real like quick. mixologist right here. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's the mixologist over there. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> versus a regular bartender right right you know they're like, oh, i don't want to go to that bartender mm -mm. no nah, they just regular i'm gonna go to the mixologist over here so what part of the world are you in i am in atlanta georgia i recently just moved to atlanta okay about a year ago mm -hmm. um packed up everything from new york i consider myself a nomad um, okay atlanta is home Quit my corporate mm -hmm. job in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I mm -hmm. don't want to work for nobody else. I'm tired of like when I can take vacation, when I cannot, when I can work, when I cannot, I'm getting penalized. And I was right. like, let's go to Atlanta. Let's work on ourselves creatively and mentally. Um, 
Yeah, and use the techniques that you learned from the corporate world for your own brand. That's true. That's true. And that's what I'm learning now, because if you had asked me a few months ago, had I even or a few months, you know, even, you know, before the month of like November, if you would have asked me if I wanted to have my own business, I'd be like, no, I'm fine working where I'm working. You know what I'm saying? And what I, I was telling my husband, because we were talking about this a couple of days ago, I think after, you know, the passing of my mother, you know, um, which will be coming up on a year pretty soon, it gave me a greater sense of responsibility. And it also gave me a greater, s- it made me want to carry on her legacy even more by doing the best that I can. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing about corporate America is, I've been fired from corporate America a couple of times. And the unfortunate part about that is you find yourself stumbling for whatever is next. And it might not be something that you're, you know, passionate about. And then it becomes about money. And that just makes the process in terms of transitioning worse. So I don't want to put myself in that position again to where I don't have a plan. So you know, having my own business is a sense of security because I'm still going to work full time. I'll be doing the notary, the podcasting and uh, the officiant um, uh, part time. So, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that, um, you know, everything kind of works out. Um, not hoping. I know it's going to work out. It's just going to take a little bit of blood, sweat and tears for me to, to make that happen. So I get it. I completely get it. So you've been here for a year or you've been in Atlanta for a year um why atlanta out of all the places in the world so i've always wanted to live in atlanta um i had a wild 20s and (laughs) i just know that i would never survived in atlanta in my 20s like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm just gonna yeah that's what it is i just know (laughs) i wasn't ready but then also like living in new york like we were in a pandemic, so everything was closed. I had right. time to think. I had time to research and do things. Atlanta was booming. Atlanta yeah. was popping up on my timeline. Yeah, they was fighting in the club and stuff, but there was mm-hmm. businesses. People didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. They were still mm-hmm. grinding, creating businesses and doing this. I was like, I need to be a part of that network. I need to be a part mm-hmm. of the Black community and building businesses and being in different spaces so my energy can touch people. And right. again, there was no other city open. I could have moved to a mm-hmm. city, but like Houston, Houston was on my mind, but I was like, yeah, Houston's not doing good creative or not. I don't want to say good, but they're they They weren't on the level as Atlanta during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. They were still doing brunch and things, but like Atlanta was open. They were still mm-hmm. filming. They were still brunching. They were still doing like live mm-hmm. events and things. And I was like, Marco, pack your stuff up and go to Atlanta. I knew one person mm-hmm. in Atlanta. He opened his door to me. I had six months to get my shit together. Nice. And I grinded. We hung out. We did this. I got to know people. And I was like, okay, yep. The six okay. month the six month trial worked and I got myself mm-hmm. a house and everything. Nice. Congratulations on that, man. Um, congratulations. Um, Florida has been pretty open since May, but it's it's kind of, mm-hmm. I, I think, well, Florida, we always on some fuck shit. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I love living here. I love living in Florida. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I love living here is the, the, the weather. Like, for example, today, the high 
was 72, which is warm. You know, here in Florida, anything uh, above 70 is cool. We good. You know, we can wear shorts. It doesn't matter. But as soon as you get to 69 degrees, it's like, where is the winter boots I need? Uh, yeah. So that's the reason why I stay here. I just love how tropical it is and how you know warm it is. Like on Christmas, it was like 85 degrees. That's how warm it was on Christmas. Um, you know, we did have some cold days, you know, which kind of allowed me to switch it up with my uh, with my gear. But for the most part, I like it when it's warm. But um, on the bad side of that is we have been open since May of 2020. Our COVID numbers have shot up through the roof. The COVID numbers now have shot up through the roof. And that's just because people don't want to wear their masks around here. Masks, you know, around here. You know, I don't care about you choosing. You can choose not to take the 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 um, the shot. You don't have to. The vaccine. You ain't got to. But at the very least, protect yourself. You know what I'm saying? So you don't bring it home to your cousins and uncles who have um, uh, uh immunocompromised compromised immune systems. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we own. And Florida's just always in the news for something that somebody did crazy. But I like living here. Atlanta, um, I have a lot of family members that live in Atlanta. Um, we were there August of 2020. I have brothers and cousins all up in this uh, city. But I'm just not a fan just because of, number one, the traffic. I hate that traffic. It's horrible. Um, and then the traffic, <laughs> if I, had to you, say. I live outside of the city and every time that I have to go into the city, I'm just like, Lord, give me strength. Mm -hmm. Let me pray. Cause I might have to cut somebody out because these, yeah. these Negroes here, they do not mm -hmm. know how to drive. Like, no, they go 90 so miles an hour. <laughs> And then hit their brakes. And I'm like, yep. go, there's no one in front of you. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Because they scared themselves going that fast. That's what it was. They were like, oh, shit. Oh, woo, I'm going 100 miles an hour. Let me slow down. <laughs> That's what it is. And then you got to go get on 20 to get on 75 and 65. I, let me, it's too much. Let me, it's too much. Let me tell you, these, inter, these intersections and twists and turns, I'm like, yep. That was the exit that I needed, but we just gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna take exit. the scenic route today. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna talk. Just turn on another yeah, song. We're just, we're just gonna do this a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, double back and play this same song so I can, you know. And the exits don't be close at all. It's like 17 miles to the next exit. It's like, come on. Come on, Atlanta. But I, I, I do enjoy going. It's, it's, a, it's a good distraction. It's a, it's a nice city, and it's a lot of black folks up there, so I like that too. Um, That's my motto. So, yeah. So you mentioned that you had a podcast and hear me out is the name of the podcast, right? Correct. Okay. Um, how did you get into podcasting? So I never felt like I had a space to freely say, well, say what was on my mind and like literally mm -hmm. like be open me. Um, so when I was in New York, my my friend AJ, shout out to AJ. Um, he did podcasting. I, I knew okay. about podcasts. I was very heavy on podcasts. I listened to them. I just didn't know how to get into it. Right. And I randomly met him. I was living in New York. We met. Uh, we randomly met at a bar, 
and we instantly connected. He's my brother to this day. Um, and he showed me the ropes. He was like, yeah, if you download this and mm-hmm. do this, I was like, all I got to do is just download this app. Okay. Anchor. This is not an ad. But all I got to do is just download this app, create mm-hmm. a format, and then just go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Remind y'all, for those that are listening, my first episode is trash. I hate it, but it shows growth. Right. It, it shows growth, and that's that's mm-hmm. why I keep it up. But ever since mm-hmm. then, I was like, I can set my own vibe. As you know, like before I came in, I had the blue light on and everything. I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Like you did. It, mm-hmm. It's my it's my space, and that's what I enjoy about it. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm thankful to be accepted in this. I don't want this community. Community. Uh, yeah, I guess it is a community. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the podcasting community where we all can network and become brothers mm-hmm. or brothers and sisters and talk shit amongst mm-hmm. ourselves and it be a safe space. So I love podcasting. Right. It's the best like thing that. that ever, I don't want to say ever happened to me, but it has really. It has hate. It has really helped me turn over a new leaf, and yeah, make, yeah. help me be unapologetically me. Right, I get that. I completely get that. Um, you know, the the thing about podcasting is they they talk about growth, right? Growth, growth, growth. But growth is also important if you grow. You know, and I will say, in the last two years that I've been doing this. Number one, you you can't help but grow because you learn how to do things. Um, And if you're doing it by yourself, you're learning on the fly, you know, how to promote, how to, you know, create a commercial. I didn't know how to do all that before. Um, And now I can probably create a commercial within, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Right. And I didn't know how to do that before. Um, So. Part of the growth that I think people are talking about is the growth that you experienced with just the 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 knowledge that you've learned and you you learning how to navigate um, the world. Um, I met one of one of the coolest people that I know in this uh, podcasting space. Um, shout out to uh, Hostile Therapy, and uh, he. Um, you know, it was just somebody that invited me on his show a while ago. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He liked it. And then after that, we just kind of forged a, uh, a conversation and just forged a, uh, a relationship. So anytime he's doing something and he's moving, he sees something that's interesting. You cut out a little bit. What's up, y'all? If y'all, I'm just gonna, you know, a little talk a little bit until Reggie come back. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. Um, make sure you follow the website. The website is dope. I was telling Reggie before we got on. Um, MarcoTheprince.com. Oh, there he is. All yeah. Right. So okay, it's still going. It's still recording. I was like, I was just talking about. Did you were you hearing anything I was saying? I didn't hear anything. I was just talking to the people that was watching and listening. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know what just happened. I ended up having to turn my Wi-Fi off. It's not a big deal. But uh, this is actually my uh, my um, office. It's my office where I do my work. And then I turn it into a podcast studio. Um, I'm going to move over. Oh, by the way. Um, you see the picture that is right here? Yeah. Yeah. So the young lady that is on that's above my finger is actually a really good friend of mine. Uh, Darlena McDonald, she passed away in 2019. Um, she was the one that inspired me to do the podcasting because when I was younger, I was really into radio um, and I really enjoyed doing that whole ordeal. But, um, you know, when I found out you got to work for free and all this other stuff, I was like, nah, that's not, I'm good. And I, I, I did it. And in uh, 17, I started with a friend and then, you know, we ended up having to split and I just never revisited the idea. And one of the things that she said um, when she passed away or before she passed away, I'm sorry, is to live life on purpose every day and be kind to people. So that gave me uh, inspiration to, to do just that. And then, as I stated, I lost my mom last year. That invigorated me to continue um, because what I was doing before was waiting for somebody to tag me into the conversation. And I like what you said, you know, about creating a safe space, right? Because a lot of times we see these these conversations that involve us happen, but we're not in the conversation. So I, I you know, made it my charge because my mom was a, a mental. Uh, well, she had uh, she was mentally challenged. Um, uh, unfortunately, she had uh, schizophrenia and uh, a couple other, you know, early all early Alzheimer's and. Um, you know, long story short, my mom was pretty much in her mental state for since I was eight years old. So I don't really have any strong memories of my mother being my mother. So um, she was a woman who just, you know, lived life with the circumstances that she had, but she never really had a voice. She wasn't able to speak for herself. So with me, did we lose you again? Oh, okay. <laughs> You, you I, are moving. I got scared. I was like, this this reception too good. That he, he ain't no, even moving. I'm just enjoying the I'm just enjoying the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. So um, but yeah, she, you know, she passed away, and I felt like it was my charge to make sure that I, you know, even though she didn't get an opportunity to, to express herself, I can you know, live out her legacy and do that. So um that's been my charge, and that's what made me want to do it more you know those two women inspired me to continue uh this path so um i get it you know um as you were talking about earlier we both like to talk i agree with you and this gives me an opportunity to kind of process some of those thoughts that i have in my head that are really heavy and podcasting i think really gave me an opportunity to heal some of those uh wounds and you know not live in the regret of what i should have done and live in the, you know, the opportunity of doing what I can, because even though they're not here physically, they're everywhere, you know, so they can see. So it makes me more adamant about making sure that I make them proud. So, but yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Do you, um, do you feel like podcasting has helped you mentally as a person also? Yeah, I do. 
I really do. And I think that the interesting thing about being a, the, the podcaster, you know, in the two years that I've had it, a lot of times, and I've said this before um, in, in other capacities, you go in and you look at the numbers, right? You look and see how many people. Well, you don't. I heard that you don't. And that's good. I'm, keep doing that. Um, keep not looking at the numbers because that, trust me, there it is. I'm like, I don't understand. Why ain't nobody? But, you know, um, it is what it is. But um, the the most impactful thing that I had is it was a brother of mine a few years, uh, a few months. Actually, it wasn't a few months ago when I was doing the community series. And, um with Keys Ali, you can find that on YouTube. But long story short, I have a brother who's also uh, in the LGBT community too. Um, um, and we're kind of estranged. And long story short, uh, one day he called and he was like, man, I know we don't talk often, but I want to tell you that I, I'm proud of you and I appreciate what you're doing. So keep doing it. So even though I might not comment, that's, that's why... It's important to me to be an advocate for people who can't be an advocate for themselves. You know what I'm saying? So because you can engage and inspire anybody, you know, if you're doing the things that it takes to 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 do that. So um, I've always been the kid that will stand up for somebody who's being picked up on. Uh, even almost to a fault, people used to beat me up because of that. Like, oh, sit down somewhere, you know, or I've always been told I've been extra. And all of those things have worked for me in the podcast space because I'm interesting. You know what I'm saying? I always I can hold a conversation. You know, I can engage people and go deeper than the surface, you know, so. And you can can have different conversations. You don't have to have the same conversation. Right. Every single person. So Mm -hmm. I I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say everybody should have a podcast, but like. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you should be open to it or, you know, willing to tell your story. And I think sometimes we we have a tendency to hold on to that pain that is caught that we have in our lives. And we we think that what we do is we we hold that pain close to us and it right. becomes an inspiration for us to not do that again. But what's happening in that space is that you're letting life pass you by. And you're still holding on to that pain. It's not making you stronger. If anything, it's making you bitter and making you a lot more weighted and heavy and awkward and strange and, and, and you know, mad at a drop of a dime because you haven't let go of that pain because you think it makes you who you are when it was only a small portion of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really passionate about having a mental health conversation. So we're going to get into it since we already there. OK, um, so tell me what being a mental health advocate means to you. Mental health advocate means I'm always going to bring mental health in it some way or another, not mm-hmm. for it to be my business, but for you to be aware that therapy does work. I am a living testament. I know people from all across this fucking country. And I would tell them, like, yeah, you can call me for, you know, like relationship advice and shit like that. But like once it gets to a once it gets to a certain standpoint, mm-hmm. 
whatever whatever that is in that conversation like i'm just gonna be like well i'm just gonna say go see a therapist like Mm -hmm. i'm not licensed like Mm -hmm. yeah i can give you friend advice i can give you brother advice i can Mm -hmm. you know give you best friend advice but like Mm -hmm. this is deeper than what i personally can go right and i don't want to i don't want to like say like steer you because i i would never steer anybody in the wrong direction but Mm After a certain point, I personally clock out. Like that one friend, just we mm-hmm. all have it where they always call you about their significant other. Like he or mm-hmm. she, X, Y, and Z. He or she, X, Y, and Z. Three weeks later, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. Three weeks later, let me tell you what he did, and I'm just like, okay, my friends know they got three times to call me, <laughs> and, and it's not being rude, but it's just like as a friend and the way that I see our friendship going, I don't want to continue to have the same conversations over and over and over. Cause one okay. is draining to me, but right. then to you, I'm like, why are you still with this person? And this is just an example, but why are you just like with this person or dealing with this situation mm-hmm. when you can become better? I, mm-hmm. I know, I know what my friend is capable of, but mm-hmm. at this point in time, I just three, Three strikes you're out. I just don't have enough energy. The capacity. I right. I get it. I get I'm it. Out. So mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm always gonna tell people to go to therapy. And it's not mm-hmm. to throw it in your face or say that I'm better or anything like that, but it works. Like, right. I'm a living testament. It has worked for me. I never believed in love. Well, mm-hmm. I, I never believed in love, fall in love, and then mm-hmm. fell out of love. And then I was like, you know what? Niggas ain't shit. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? We need to work on where that message is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't continue to walk through life and think this and think that when love is everywhere. Right. Love is in your friends. Love is in a relationship. Love is with your family. But mm-hmm. ever since then, I had that conversation with myself. I was like, we're going to go to therapy and we're going really get down to the root of this so you don't bring that negative energy on the friends or your family or your relationships that you are quote unquote talking about. Right. It's, it's like a double standard. True. So. And you know, the when I explain to people about, you know, m- mental health is, you know, uh, Unfortunately, with a lot of black folks, and I can only speak from the black experience, you know what I'm saying? I can't speak for anybody else, right? But I know <laughs> that we struggle with <laughs> we struggle with the idea of mental health because it's something that we can't see. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, you know, growing up and I remember growing up and hearing other family members talk about my mom's condition. And what they would say is she was sick. And I never knew what that meant. I never knew what that meant, right? And it was like, she's sick, she's sick. But when I would go and I look at her, she looked fine. Because she, so, she was your mom, right? Right. And it was always like a question on my mind, like, what do they mean by her being sick? And then it wasn't until I, you know, uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD, um, many, many years ago, and I had really severe panic attacks. And I remember when my dad came to visit me when I lived in Jacksonville and he was like, oh, you know, I told him you were sick. And I'm like, you know, why, why, you know, and he was just like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm, that's what you are sick. 
you know, not like calling saying it was a bad thing because that was as far as he knew. That was the experience that he had, right? So, you know, I couldn't hold it against him, but I was like, well, I wasn't sick. It's just that I was going through something mentally. And, you know, over the years, it's become something that he's, he understands now. But I just remember my mama navigating that and just people just calling her, saying she was sick, but not looking physically sick. And when it comes to therapy, I do agree that everybody should go. You know, there are some people who have the mentality that if I go to the doctor or go to therapy, they're going to, they don't, you know, I don't know who they are and I'm telling them my business. Well, the reality of it is, is they're bound by, you know, uh, certain rules and regulations to not explain certain things. So that, you know, get past that. And then also you have to understand that your friends are going to give you uh, advice that's tailored to you. So I say that to say, as much as we try to be non-biased, we can't because we know you. We know what's going to get you. Uh, we know what's going to make you think differently about the message that we're trying to convey if we, um, you know, if we present it in a way that you would understand. What I found for, with therapy is that it is just a non, it doesn't have to be what you think that it is on, on TV, right? You can tell them as much as you want, as little as you want, which is not going to help you, but you would be surprised how much of the thoughts in your head really cloud the reality of life sometimes. And you need somebody who isn't a part of your life to be able to bounce those ideas off. And they could care less some of that stuff you do. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're not harming someone else and you're not out there endangering yourself, the it's really a proverbial question because when they speak to you, they're really putting it back on you. So what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? And my husband, you know, initially, I was like, I had been going to therapy for years, you know, and... It came to the idea. I was like, I suggested it for him. And he goes, um, he was like, I don't, I don't need that. And I was like, well, why? Well, I'm not depressed. And I was like, well, first of all, what do you think I go for? You just, you think because I go because I'm depressed and it's good for me, but not for you firstly. And secondly, you don't have to be depressed to have a conversation with somebody. Um, and he was just thinking that it, he was afraid that, it may it would make him look bad and now he's an advocate for it so i get it i completely understand i love everything you just said <laughs> <laughs> um, i appreciate it <laughs> i you you could never said it any better like i 100 agree um i have a question for you somebody sure. asked me this and we can discuss it, too, because I've never really answered it. It's just been in my notes. Um, mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone that is mm -hmm. starting therapy for the first time? So a couple things. Um, look at you trying to interview me on my show. I like it. I live. Um, this is what podcasting is about. Like, like, you know, I like it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but that's a very good question. So what I would advise, what I would say to someone is two things. Number one, you have to know what works for you. Mm -hmm. 
every shoe don't fit every time you try it on. So if you realize there are some things that that therapist said that triggers you, you have to be an advocate for yourself and choose differently. Because what we do is we get these uh, uh, referrals and then we feel like we have to follow through with that person. When in reality, y'all just might not click because of personality uh, uh, things. And then secondly, you have to be patient. You can't just go in thinking that you're going to have one session and you're going to have it understand, uh, understood. I mean, we obviously know that college doesn't work like that. You don't go in and learn all the lessons you need to learn day one. You have to go and commit years off of your life, you know, to, to make sure that you understand what you're, you know, what you're learning. So you should also have that mindset when it comes to therapy. So those would be the only two things that I would I would say. Number one, you can pick the one that works best for you. You don't have to force it. And then number two, be patient with the process if you're all in. Be patient with the process. Look, look at you spitting. Um, <laughs> well, like going into therapy, I knew that I wanted a black therapist. Um, mm -hmm. Growing up in Portland. Portland, Oregon. Look like at you, I, Portland. Yeah, that, that's originally where I'm from. Born and raised. Okay. I moved from Portland when I was 22, early 22. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I had all white teachers, all white doctors. Like mm -hmm. I had few mentors in the community, you know, that helped my upbringing. But majority of people that I came in contact with was white. It's Portland, right? Um, mm -hmm. No disrespect to my home city. Shout out to five hundred three. Um, <laughs> but I knew going into therapy, I wanted a black therapist, mm -hmm. and that's my preference. Mm -hmm. I had someone close to me about like a week ago now, maybe a week or two ago, um, asked me like, why did I pick a black therapist over a white? And I was like, mm -hmm. I just never, I was like, where I'm, where I come from, I never mm -hmm. really felt accepted in the black community. Mm -hmm. But then I also ne never felt accepted, accepted, excuse me, I always get those mixed up. Y'all know, <laughs> wor words mean things. Yeah, um, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I never felt accepted in the gay community. So mm -hmm. I was like, I want to create this space for my therapist mm -hmm. and I to help me navigate what I'm going through. I had two <laughs> black female therapists when I first started therapy for the first time. Yep, they were good. And then I took six months off to mm -hmm. navigate uh, what went good, what went bad. And I also was moving from New York to, to Atlanta. Right. And I was like, I didn't like how they babied me and always told me, oh my God, you're doing good. You're doing that. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for, like, I think it's time for male mm -hmm. like therapists. I've, I've mm -hmm. never, all my doctors have been female. Mm -hmm. And that's a leaf that I'm flipping over that I noticed on my own. Mm -hmm. And one thing I can say is that my therapist, I love him to death, and he has been flipping over leaves that I didn't even know that I needed flipped over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. To adding to what you say, like make sure it works for you, right? Make sure it works for you as your personality, you as a person, and you guys. Not only interview, not only is he interviewing you, but you're interviewing. You're interviewing. Him. That's true. That's so, a good point. 
And I'm I'm a little bit older than you. So when I was and I'm also backed by the VA. So you kind of have to get in where you fit in. That wasn't an option for me. So um as as prominent as it is, and I you know, I I the the comfort of having someone who is black is the fact that there's going to be some shared experiences that you're going to have and they're going to be able to understand when you are walking through the store and people are following you. They're going to know that because they have a, a shared experience like that. Right. So they're able to empathize with you in that way. And, um, you know, me having a white therapist, I found myself having it wasn't really a push and pull. I will say that he does a very good job of trying to understand and he asked the right questions when it comes to you know so i you know shout out to dr Connolly. he he does his thing i i I appreciate you know him pushing me in a way that he that he does and i also like the fact that he doesn't understand the black experience too because it gives me an opportunity to explain it in full you know what i'm saying so he can get the entire context you know, not saying that I would expect somebody who's black as well to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I already know, because obviously there's a process to what you're saying. And there's a certain cadence that you have when you're storytelling or explaining your situation um, that, you know, that they would be, a, you know, completely cut off that experience. But um, I think it's important that we let people know that, yeah, you do have to right fit your therapist, just the same as you have to do when it comes to your doctors, too. Um, unfortunately, here in America, when it comes to uh, Western medicine, you know, a lot of it is driven by money, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it isn't necessarily the best interest of you. That's why you have to be an advocate. Just to let you know, you know, I diagnosed myself with anxiety, right? No, how did you do that? So, in 2006, I was sitting at home eating like one would sometimes do. (laughs) And I was eating from McDonald's and uh, I ate a fry, right? And I remember chomping down on that fry and that fry, you know how we say, black folks, we say it went down the wrong tube. (laughs) Well, that shit choked me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I remember actually, because I was so panicked by it that I ended up putting my finger in my throat and pulling the, um, the fry out, um, long story short, or not pulling the fry out, but, you know, kind of moving and jostling around. And I remember doing that, but still having the fear that maybe I left a little piece in there and that I was going to fall asleep and eventually not be able to breathe and die in my sleep. That's what I thought. So I called a friend over who was married to a nurse at the time. And she was like, yeah, if you can talk, you're probably fine. And I was like, okay, but that wasn't enough. Like my mind was just going. And I remember staying up to almost two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I was sleeping the very next day and I couldn't go to sleep because I had to go to work early. And long story short, I started typing. I was like, you know what? This, this can't be normal. So I went on the, um, you know, the BlackBerry phone that I had back then. This is, you know, this is years ago. And uh, I went on my, my BlackBerry and it took me, you know, I explained my symptoms and it took me to uh, panic disorder. And I was like, oh, and I started reading the, the symptoms. I was like, shit, you know what? That sounds like what I got. Mm-hmm. So I went and I found this uh, uh, um, 
psychologist, not a not a not a, a psychiatrist. I'm sorry, not a psychologist. Um, psychiatrist is medicine. Psychologist is you know therapy. Um, and I went to him and I explained to him everything that I had. And uh, it was this Indian dude, and he was like, first of all, it was triggering because he said, "You're very articulate," and I'm like, okay. And he was like, "You just explain yourself very well," and I was like, well, I know me. So I have to be able to explain to you what I'm going through. I can't just come in here and say I have this. And you guys are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And this is why I came to the conclusion. So he was very uh, shocked. At first, I took that as a badge of honor for a long time because I didn't know no better. But then after a while, I really sat down and I thought about it. I was like, "This was he trying to call me stupid because I'm black? But anyway, um, he was like, I, I think that you're right. So, um, you know, I, I went more. I actually did the um, employee uh, readiness uh, number, you know, with uh, my job at the time. And they got me with the therapist. Her name was Jane, this old white lady. Um, and initially we worked fine. And then we clashed at the very end because I told her I wanted to file for um, you know, uh, disability for the military. And she was just like, well, I can't help you with that. I don't think that. And I was like, well, it wasn't, I wasn't asking you to, this is something I'm going to do on my own. So, right. and that was our last session that we had. Um, but yeah, I, I inadvertently diagnosed myself because the, the, the symptoms made sense. It made sense to, to me that because it didn't stop, even though I had the confirmation that I would be fine, my mind continued to go. And sometimes that's what, you know, panic does or anxiety will do to you. It will have you have these what if scenarios that don't make logical sense and you'll continue to to go through it. So, you know, that's that's how that happened. And, you know, 16 years later, you know, I still deal with uh, anxiety and depression to this day. But I've learned I, and to be honest, I've learned the tools that I need to 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 be a on level ground as of recently, you know what I'm saying? Because I was just dealing, treating it with medicine, you know what I'm saying? And then I was dealing with, uh, I was making sure I take my medicine. If I didn't have my medicine, that would explain why I was this way. And, you know, I was medicine, 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 but what I wasn't doing is actually putting the tools that I was learning into being able to counter my anxiety. So, but, um, yeah, that's why I'm an advocate for it, because I, you know, with my mom being mentally ill and then also running through my family, I felt like it was necessary for me to make sure that I dig as deep as possible and understand what it is I have so I can explain it as best I can. So hmm. that was that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So um, I'm not a doctor, so uh, but I, I am an expert in, in me. You know what I'm saying? And myself, I know what I like and know I know what I don't like. I know when I feel tired. I know when I feel hungry. I know when I'm anxious, you know, and you really have to really sit with yourself to understand what your triggers are. You know, one of my triggers is death. You know, when people die, that's a trigger for me. I remember when me and my husband got together many, many moons ago, I had a panic attack. And when I thought back of it, my friend's sister was killed. And when we went home, her mother was telling us the story of how she, how they found her daughter. So, you know, that, that was a trigger. Um, and then any type of confrontation where I have to arise up 
you know how you know i don't know if you know who amanda seals is but she asked how black am i gonna have to get why don't why wouldn't you think that i know who well, amanda I, you seals know is? a lot of people don't like her so i love her she's she's an inspiration of mine she's a cancer and she black yeah <laughs> so uh you know sometimes you have to recognize you have to understand like how black am i gonna have to get you know what i'm saying like let me take a assess the like situation right so whenever i see myself rising up i know for a fact that that's going to be a trigger where i'm going to be hypersensitive for the rest of the day so i have to you know make sure i talk to myself and just calm myself down and you know think good thoughts and you know think back uh, of a time where I had this exact same feeling and remember that I got through it, you know? So, um, I had a whole bunch of questions I was going to ask you too, man. I was going to ask you about the podcast. How long you been podcasting? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you can answer that quickly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been podcasting for two years. Okay. Oh, so about the same time frame that I, I've been podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Um, so about 24 months, um, and you got into it with a friend, um, yes. a friend introduced you to it. What were some of the topics and things that you talk about on your podcast? And I know you were talking about celebrating, what was it? Your 200th episode? Uh, 100, 100 episode. Right. So congrats to that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I, you know, coming into this, I never thought that I would make it at like a hundred episode, I'm like, I really That's been a doing lot. this shit. Like, mm -hmm. like once you look at it, I'm like, damn, I really been doing this shit. So I only um, have fifty four. I have five seasons, but I only have fifty four ep uh, episodes. Hey, but you got seasons. I prefer not to do seasons. I, <laughs> I don't, like, people tell me I should do seasons, but I'm like, I like the weekly updates. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like seasons because then I gotta stay on a topic ideally for mm -hmm. um that moment of time but yeah no mm -hmm. um but yeah um two years topics i talk about on my podcast obviously my mental health journey and what i'm going through um relationships unpopular opinions and shit that triggers me in the news and so as the news i mean like twitter in the shade room <laughs> I'm glad you were very specific about that. So, question for you: What's an unpopular opinion? I said the real country when I said that. What's the unpopular opinion? Um. Okay. So, off the top of my head, um, Rihanna or let's go back. So, Wale bad the song. Mm -hmm. He has Tier Thomas and Rihanna. Mm -hmm. Rihanna's on the remix. Okay. I personally believe that the original was better than the remix. The original is with Tierra Thomas. Thomas, okay. Mm -hmm. And, and she was the one that also wrote the songs with uh, her, who won the the Grammys and the um, Oscar and all that fun stuff. Correct. Shout out to her. Yeah. So okay. I personally believe Tierra Thomas sung her ass off of that. She wrote her ass, and when I hear bad future rihanna not saying it's trash or anything but just comparing those two tracks mm -hmm. to each other i prefer the original versus the remix if i'm drunk it might be a different situation but <laughs> lyrically and mm -hmm. artistry like she bodied that like mm -hmm. it gives me a whole story and for those of y'all listening like when it comes to music for me 
I like a story to be told. I like to feel that moment of what you're going through and paint the picture for three minutes and 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can relate to Tiana Thomas Mm -hmm. story much better than Rihanna's. Mm -hmm. And I'm not familiar with the song. I mean, I've heard it and I know it has that squeak, squeak song in there, Mm -hmm. the squeak, squeak, uh, but I'm not familiar with the lyrics. So I'm gonna have to take your word for it on that one. (laughs) um, Okay. And you can also tell the difference in like, I'm, I'm 41. You're, you're, how old are you? 33. So I was born in the 80s, the actually the beginning of the 80s, and you like the latter part of the 80s. Right. So we're in different uh, generation uh, genres. So um, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of like uh, Timbaland and, and Magoo. And during the era where producers became stars because of how well known their music was. I can listen to, you know, a Timbaland album pretty much all the way through because I know I'm going to like a beat or something. You know what I'm saying? Big Aaliyah fan. Very, very big Aaliyah fan. I was more of the fan when they were already famous. Okay. Like, already Timberland, Magoo, Missy, Aaliyah was all, I'm not going to say they're prime, but they were already, they already Mm -hmm. had it on lock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely different ears, but I respect it. Yeah. So, um, and the, you know, I, this new age music <laughs> for me is vastly different. You know, it's not the same. Uh, the lyrics are a little bit more explicit than I'm, I'm, you know, no, no disrespect to anybody. Like I'm not here to judge you live your life. You do what you want to do. If that's what you like, you like, I'm not here to, that's just not my thing. Right. But, um, you know, Black Beatles that came out, what, five years ago, six years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a song that I really, really loved, you know, um, I can't when think they of were, any. When they was doing like the mannequin challenge? Yeah. You like that song? I did. And I mean, to be honest, I liked it because my nieces and nephews liked it. Oh, okay. So that was my my way of kind of staying young with them. You know what I'm saying? So so do you like Baby Shark? No, nah, they ain't that young. Mm-mm. My nieces and nephews are 22, 20, oh. 26, 22. And Ashley, yeah, Ashley's 21 now. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, so they grown. So yeah, Baby Shark was well out of their purview by the time that came out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my husband likes it. Because uh, it's, it's almost like uh, our relationship is very similar. I think we're two big kids. Like during Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, uh, well, Christmas mostly, if we have a gift for each other, we don't wait. We give it to her right then. You know what I'm saying? Um, just because we, we want to see each other's face, you know, when it happens. I mean, you can wait until Christmas, but by the time I think about it, it's like, okay, I'm just going to tell you because I want you to know what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's, that's just the, my, that's, that's how what now? Is. Yeah. I, I, I'm I like, can, don't I can open relate. it till Christmas. No. I don't want to see your face on Christmas. He's like, nope. here's your gift. I need you to open it right now. Right, exactly. Let's let's go ahead and you know just, and then you can start using it right away. <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, you know, uh, this has been uh, this has been fun. I really appreciate you uh, coming out. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it on up because this has definitely just been a conversation between the two. But I hope it has forged a a relationship and giving you guys an, a snippet of what 
the rest of the season is going to be. I'm definitely going to have this young man back because he didn't, you know, drop some gems and uh, allow me to go on my tangent a few times, uh, which I really appreciate. And um, I think it's just going to be good because um, I just can see you coming back to the show. So I appreciate that. Um, but before I go, I just want to tell you one thing. Uh, well, tell everybody this. I want to tell you guys, thank you so much for for listening and actually supporting your boy. Um, I told you guys a little bit about the story about my mom, why I do this, and also told you guys about the story about Darlena. They are the ones that push me to be the best people, I, a be, best person I can possibly be. And it's my charge to make sure that I honor them in a way that, you know, um, makes them proud. So, Every time you guys listen, download, uh, shout out, all of that is really, you know, taking me a step closer to making my dreams come true. I've always had this in me. And the fact that I'm able to do it as frequently as I do it and you guys listen, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Now, you can find Mr. DePrince. Where can they find you, sir? Y'all can find me. Oh, by the time this episode comes out, I have a website. I'm just gonna do the website. Okay. Um, <laughs> um y'all can find me at MarcoDeprince.com. M-A-R-C-O-D-E-P-R-E-N-C-E. If you want to follow me on the socials, it's the same thing. Um, the podcast on Instagram is this is hear me out. Okay. All right. And you guys know where to find me. It's R-E-G-G-E-E apostrophe S expressions on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And then it's R-E-G-G-E-E-S underscore expressions on Instagram. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to li- listen to us. We- this was just a kiki. This was just a, 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 a opening to what we have going forward. So thank you so much again, Mr. Marco. I appreciate what you're doing. And if, if you don't mind, uh, do you mind holding back um, after? Holding back I don't after? mind. I don't mind. Okay. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks again. And this has been another episode of Reggie's Expressions. Peace. Reggie's Expressions is brought to you by Soko Garn Productions, LLC.
Hey guys, thanks again for listening to another episode. I want to say shout out to all of y'all that are holding it down, but I need you guys to do something for me. The best way you guys can support this podcast is by going and leaving five-star comments on all the places you can actually listen to the podcast. The reason why that is, is because if you leave a five-star comment, that puts us higher in the rankings. So when people go and they look for a specific type of podcast, like personal journey, mine will pop up and be higher on that ranking. So please, if you can and you truly like what we're doing and you want to support, go leave a comment, five-star preferably, on any of the social media platforms as well as all the places you can listen. Now, if you're listening to this episode, I want to tell you guys now, go ahead and turn your volume down a little bit because the audio, at least in my um, belief, is that the audio wasn't as great. I was a little loud on my end. So turn the volume down about half and, you know, we'll find a happy medium in between. This guy is really cool. Marco the Prince, very awesome uh, uh, conversationalist. Just all around good dude. Um, and I definitely think I forged a friendship for life. So hopefully you like the episode. And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and and um, the U of the Tubes. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs>